Hey everybody, Alan here. Real quick, we have some technical difficulties with Ryan's microphone during this episode. We apologize for the lack of sound quality, but we figure the conversation's good enough that you'd still want to hear it. So we apologize for that. And anyway, here's the show. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special, special episode of You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to talk about, we're going to do the same thing we did for Halloween, but for Christmas this time. We're going to each talk about one of our favorite holiday-themed episodes from some of our favorite TV shows. Uh, And to start things off, we're going to talk about an episode of Futurama that Ryan picked out. Um, This episode is called The Tale of Two Santas. Um, It is from, like middle of the road uh season so it's like season five season six around there um yeah. i'd actually told you guys to watch a different episode at first because i got confused and luckily i got to both of you in time because i almost gave you guys the worst christmas special to watch <laughs> the feature on that but anyway uh the episode in question has to do with bender taking over the role of santa claus for a year um and uh hi and normal futurama hijinks ensue and i just kind of want to know what you guys think before i go into why i selected this one for it for this uh, episode i enjoyed it like futurama is one of those shows that i don't watch religiously but i've seen all of it yeah like it's one of those ones i like matt groining a lot uh i'm a bigger fan of the simpsons we've talked about this before on the show yeah um (laughs) To the point where I almost picked Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire for this. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, no, I enjoyed it. Like, it, it was, a, it would seem, just seemed like a typical episode of Futurama, though. Yeah. So. But it was just, it, it was just deep fried in Christmas cheer. Yes. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and that's kind of what I liked about it, where it was, it did a good job of taking the standard, like, Christmas special trope of, oh, no, Santa can't do Christmas someone has to do Christmas and literally turned it on its head where like Bender tried, but ultimately Christmas was about fear and that's what united everybody wasn't love or joy or Christmas spirit. It was fear (laughs) of Christmas spirit. And I love that. (laughs) And one of the best things that I like about Futurama and Christmas in general is that they take the whole like, uh, abbreviation of Christmas, like the modern like Xmas, and they yeah. turn that on its head. Like in Futurama, Xmas is Christmas, and, yep. and instead of Santa being this like joyful guy that gives everybody gifts, he's a robot that misread its own programming and judges everybody to be naughty and goes out and kill and tries to kill everybody that it can. Um, the very first Christmas special that they had set like s- set this whole thing up. Um, where like yeah. Fry and Leela get stuck outside of uh, uh, the Planet Express building, and they have to like fight off Santa. And there's like a yeah. tiny Tim robot that also plays a part in it oh, as yeah, well. I remember that one. Um, yeah. And and a, there's a parrot too, but I digress. This one has to do more with like Santa's workshop. How did you guys feel about actually going to uh, Neptune and seeing the North Pole and the uh, abused workers? <laughs> I mean, it just reminded me of an Amazon warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. Yeah. No, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, What did you guys think of the uh, Batman style sheeting over the building? Oh, I like that. 
Like the Batmobile yeah. from Michael Keaton. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's little things like that that make me like the show. And there's just... They're all throughout. And I like that they just kind of locked Amy outside. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I just my... like all the... Yeah, I like all the little, like... They do, like, a lot of kind of callback one-liners in this that make me, like... I don't know, that I, I really appreciate about this show. Like, when Bender was going to get magnetized and he starts singing folk songs. Yes. I like. I think that's a fun running gag, and I'm glad they keep doing it. Uh, my favorite gag in this is just Zoidberg as Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's... That... That uh, that clip is iconic when it comes to Futurama. Like, Zoeberg as Jesus, like, that's a big thing. Like, I've actually seen bumper stickers with with Zoeberg as Jesus. It's kind of like the Buddy Christ thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... If you ever see that on the back of a car, that's, like, deep-seated, like, uh, Futurama fandom. Um, the, the reason why, though, that I pick this specific one and not any of the others uh was simply because it it it, it actually feels like a true holiday like special something yeah. that would actually fit and like i mean it's a comedy so you've got to give it some leeway but i feel like this episode specifically fits into the whole like it's something that i could see a family watching for christmas you know yeah. a family that has an odd sense of humor like i can see this being like a a thing um the episode that I accidentally told you guys to watch is not, should never be a thing. <laughs> is it that bad? It's, what it feels like to me, it, it feels like, because it's three separate stories. And they set okay. it up like it's a special. Um, and, and they say a few times, like, the Futurama cast is going to be back and do another, like, Christmas story. Like, it's weird. <laughs> but the first story is actually, like, a decent, like, summarized idea for, like, a full episode. Uh -huh. And then the other two stories feel like uh, a cutting room floor storylines. Oh, so not I the same feel, quality. yeah. So I feel like the first one was supposed to be a full episode, and then they were told that some way, uh, somewhere in the process, be like, oh no 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 no, we wanted this to be a special. We we want multiple stories, not just one. So I feel right. like they put a lot of effort into the first one because that was supposed to be a full episode, and then they chopped it down so that they could throw in two more stories like real quick like it just it, it feels rushed like the other stuff in that season's fine and it's in season and it's in season seven um mm -hmm. and like all the all, all the other episodes in that season are great it's just that one it just feels really rushed and i think it's because they they weren't expecting it to be three stories yeah yeah um so i think my favorite joke in this whole episode which is like a classic Farnsworth joke is now that the evil robot Santa can't get us here uh, unless any of us are stupid enough to leave this house in a related matter you'll all be delivering a sack of children's letters directly <laughs> to Santa at his death fortress on Neptune like that's my I, that, that, that's such a great joke and it like, is. that's the kind of joke that I love Futurama for and that's why it's one of those shows that if it's on and I'm at like a hotel or have access to cable and just some flipping channels, yeah. I will stop and watch Futurama. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's fun. And it's just, yeah, for some reason, I just, I really connect with a lot of the characters on it. And that's why I'm with Futurama the way you are, uh, is with the Simpsons. Mm -hmm. I just really connect with it with far with yeah. Farnsworth r reminds me of 
some older family members that I used to know when 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 I was a kid. Um, yeah. I have constant fry moments, so I really connect <laughs> with Philip. <laughs> and you you did a fry and Leela cosplay for a con once. Exactly. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just the show in general and the jokes and, like, the running gags. Like, I, I love the fact how they keep, just like Devin, you brought up about how, like, whenever he gets next to a magnet, he loses his inhibitions as if he was drunk yeah. and he starts singing folk music. Like, I absolutely <laughs> right. love that every single time. Like, it, it's it, it's great. And I love the fact how they have Santa's being this murderous robot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right, so I was thinking about this because, like, Futurama has the same kind of B-level cast as The Simpsons do. Like, yeah. like you know, the cast that keeps popping up. Who is your favorite kind of B-level cast member that showed up in this one? So, like, you can't do, like, Fry Leela or Bender or, like, you know, Farnsworth even. But there was still enough of, like, the kind of side characters that, that keep showing up that I love. And one of my favorites popped up again, and that was Lawyer Chicken. <laughs> I love every time he's on Futurama and it's like one of my favorite things. I love that how he just went over to his briefcase and just had a bunch of chicks in there. <laughs> right. Um didn't Scruffy show up in this one? Scruffy yeah, was did. in this yeah. one. Yeah. Scruffy's probably my one of my go tos. Mine's the, the judge. The judge? Mine's the, judge. the stereotypical wasp judge. Yeah. Because one of my favorite uh lines of his is from the one where uh, Bender and Fry go to the robot insane asylum because yeah. they get accused of stealing for, for, from a bank when it was somebody else that did it. And they and and the chicken says that they were in a bank and yeah. and the judge stops stops the, the proceedings and he says, "Hang on one second, I gotta inquire about a bank." And he looks over to somebody and goes, "You know, like what's a bank?" And then somebody has to tell him, "Oh, it's a place where poor people put their money for safekeeping because the judge <laughs> is so rich that to him, like, you know, like saving your money is investing it or like buying property. Like he's so wealthy, he's never actually been in a bank. Like." It's just those Aww. type of jokes. Like I absolutely love the judge. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's. I, I think he's one an underrated character for me because I don't think too much about him when he's on screen. But I need to start paying more attention to him. Oh. For me, giant chicken lawyer steals the show every time. Yeah. Oh, it is, and he because was it, they use him a few times, especially yeah. early on in the series, and he's he's great, and he's great, and he's always against them. Like he's never for them. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's the best part. He's always, always, always against him. And they do good enough gags with him that it's fun. Oh, yeah. All right. Anything else we want to touch on with Futurama before we move on to Devin's episode? It was wonderful. I'd, I'm I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Ryan's trying to hold back from what, just talking about Futurama the whole time. But to, we... to be honest, <laughs> I really am. I really am trying to really well, hold if, it if back. Well, if you keep the Futurama segment short, I'll keep my segment short too, because I can talk about my show for a long time. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, so moving on from Futurama, we travel back to the past, to Princeton Plainsboro Hospital and House. So my episode is from season four. It's episode 10 of House called It's a Wonderful Lie. Uh, it's their Christmas episode, but oddly enough, it aired on January 29th, 2008. Um, I don't realize these when I pick these, but I pick shows that were 
that I remember fondly, or episodes of shows I remember very fondly, that critics just didn't like. It got a B, but it got rated the worst episode of TV for the week because of the role of the prostitute in it. Oh. Uh, in that whole side plot. Uh, we'll get into that later. Mm. But uh, some critics have hailed it as more shameless Apple commercial and the frequent use of uh, MacBook ads in the breaks than actual Christmas episode. So, uh, guys, I picked a good one for you. The critics can take their opinion and shove it up their ass. I agree. So, <laughs> here's why I picked this. I'm going to jump right into that, and then I want to talk about what you guys thought. I picked this one because I loved House so much when it was on air. I bought Hulu specifically to finish out House. That's the only reason I got Hulu, and it just stuck because I got too lazy to cancel it. I loved this show. I haven't seen a single episode of it since the last episode aired. In my mind, it's this like warm, fuzzy show that's so cool and so edgy, and I wanted to know if it held up. And part of why I picked this one is because I remembered like the whole like mom and daughter couldn't lie to each other, and I was like, oh my god, House has this thing with lying, and yeah, this is the this is the Christmas episode, and I want to know what you guys thought before I uh, let you know what I thought of it. Okay, so right off the bat. I watched House 2. I haven't really watched it since it ended. Yeah. But instead of bu- instead of just buying buying Hulu, I bought every episode from the last few seasons on iTunes. Oh yeah. So I have like a bunch of House on my phone that I, is I can access. This is not one of them. Uh, Aww. <laughs> but Damn. I almost had issues finding it, but it, it worked out. Um, Good. I was not sure which season of house this was i like i was not expecting the the second team to be there like i thought this was still gonna yeah. be like the original uh house team so it was it was yeah. a, it was a surprise to see 13 and cutter and uh the other one that i don't remember his name <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah and, and and not to state the and not to state the obvious on uh, about that but this is like right after he he got Cuddy to be like, this is my team. Like, yeah. this is who I want. Yep. And this is where she lets him take one more person than what he's supposed to. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I, it was nice going back to the show. It's not one of, like, I'm not a big procedural guy anymore. Yeah. Um, but House is such a great character and so fun um, that I, I just like Hugh Laurie in anything. So the fact yeah. that he has a new show coming out on HBO next month, the does? yeah, it's that space cruise one with him and Josh Gad and a live oh. action Wally. Prior to them all getting fat, yeah, right. Interesting. All right, I'm from, about that from the guy who created Veep. So um, I forget what it's called, hmm. but no, it, it was it was nice to go back and revisit the show. I know Ryan has thoughts on this as well, so I can't Ryan. wait. Okay, so my experience with House, I watched it when it was on religiously up until the season before he goes into the insane asylum prior to him driving the car through Cuddy's house. So I stopped watching it around there just because I I, I don't know what happened. Like I lost interest, whatever. Yeah, it it happens. And um, so I saw commercials for it and like now he's in jail and mental asylum. I had no idea that he drove through the Cuddy's house with the car. So I was like, well, this is a weird jump. And I just decided not to catch back into it. Um, But Kristen was also a big fan of House prior to us meeting. 
So she uh-huh. got so as soon as we got Hulu, we watched the rest of it. And I got sucked into those final seasons to the point where we bought it on Blu-ray. We have Aww. the whole show on Blu-ray. Um, and on top of that, it's one of those shows that, like, Kristen falls asleep to. So okay. I see it almost every night. And I have for, like, the Aww. past couple years. And this yeah. is and this is probably my second favorite Christmas episode. Okay. What was your uh, most favorite? Uh, the one with the dwarfs. I don't know if I remember that. <laughs> you don't remember that one? <laughs> no. But you got you to gotta remember, we watched, like, how many seasons was House? Eight seasons? Okay. Yeah. So there's what I believe, I believe, I believe that this one happens around Christmas. The, the, the one that I really like has the one where the mom's a dwarf. And so the... <laughs> Good setup. Let's keep going. <laughs> um, and, the, and the daughter has an issue with growth. Um, and she's mm-hmm. like 13, 14 years old. So everybody just assumes that she has a form of dwarfism. And sure. House finds I out that her condition now. is that she doesn't have dwarfism. She has a tumor in her brain that's preventing her from growing. So it's this whole ethical thing between the mom and House of like, you know, like it's your decision to get this tumor removed so your daughter can have somewhat of a normal, quote unquote, normal life. But the daughter is like, but this is who I am. And so it's this huge debate on back and forth of like what it should be. It also sets up one of my favorite back and forths between house and a patient because it's the mom and he's making a bunch of like Lollipop Guild jokes. Yeah, about yeah. like them like having sex. But... And he says something and she turns around and goes, No, I go on top and I spin and, <laughs> oh. and House just looks at her with this like adoring look on his face and she just gives him like a, a kind of it just like a uh, uh, just like this half smile, and the daughter is sitting there in the room, and she goes, "Oh, mom, gross." <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's part of what I do like about this show, though, is like the dialogue is so good. It is, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and they do a they do a great job of just showing how much of an ass house can be, but still making him yeah. likable. Um, real quick, I feel like si- that's tough. Real quick side note: just looking at the trivia on IMDb. If you scroll down to the bottom, they have the diagnosis. And I'm wondering if oh. they do this for every episode of House. Like, I feel like somebody went through and put the diagnosis from each episode of House in the IMDb trivia. That's really cool. So, uh, w- one of my favorite aspects of this whole episode was the Secret Santa. Yes. Which which is, I'm glad... You, can, I think that is that why you picked this one as a Christmas episode. It's one of them because I remember him being especially manipulative in this one. Yeah, and I like when he's like messing with people. I think that's so cool. Yeah, because it is after he did the whole uh, reality show Survivor type thing to get the yeah get the new team. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed that aspect of it because I was like, I'm pretty sure like it came back to me as I was watching. I was like, I'm pretty sure he gave himself to everyone. Like that's what he did. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that episode really called "Merry Little Christmas." It is Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So, oh my God. Okay, so the reason why I thought because Alan and I talked about this this morning, the reason why yeah. I thought you picked this episode was because uh-huh. of the prostitute and the donkey joke and the fact that you like Clerks too so much. That's why I thought <laughs> you liked this episode. That you wanted us to. To, to basically do that one because I remember how much you loved that donkey sex joke. 
like the whole thing. Like that's why I thought you picked it. So looking I... at looking at Mary Little, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. So I did love that. I did love the donkey part, but I forgot about the donkey part when remembering this episode. And then what for whatever reason when they were talking about Donkey Show when she came in and was like showing her rashes and stuff, I like completely lost the conversation and then unfortunately brought out my cell phone and innocently googled what is a donkey show and oh boy do i regret that because i should have known what a donkey show was i don't know why i thought it was anything other than what i thought a donkey show was so damn it house merry christmas your google search results are going to be skewed for a bit Oh, I'm already getting Facebook ads. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. There you go. Um, it, it It's weird because this is the first time I think I've gone back and watched an episode of House where Cal Penn's character was still in it. Yeah. Because this is before he left to, be, to go work with Obama and they just, mm. spoilers, straight up killed his character. Yeah. So, what did you guys think about that episode, though? Because that's I haven't rewatched that episode, but it sticks out to me as such like a powerful episode. Uh, it, yeah, because it's one of those things where they kept it so quiet, and it, it just happened in the yeah. like the opening act, which is why I like it so much. Yeah. Because honestly, yeah. that's what happens. Uh-huh. And I remember when I first saw that episode. Um, like I like I to be honest, like I haven't had, I hate saying stuff like this, uh, but <laughs> like I haven't known anybody personally who's ever committed suicide, um, mm. but I from what I know from people who have, that's kind of the reaction. It's like, hang on, what? No, like nobody yeah. really sees it coming, and I and and I really like how they had that set up. Um, where they just did it and and after it happened and i've rewatched the show so much that like whenever he comes into it i automatically start looking for signs like even though i think i think even in this one you can probably see a few where he's just so excited about christmas yeah and and the decorating and i don't know if they intentionally wrote that into his character to where like hey you know it's a possibility that this guy may not stay around so we need to work on a way out yeah i i I mean, it's... if you hire somebody like Cal Penn in 2007, after he had the success that was Harold and Kumar, I feel yeah. like maybe that is something they were prepared for. And maybe... Th- oh, you've watched the show more than I have. Yeah. Are there more seeds of signs of... And this is why I like it so much. There are, but at the same time, are they? Because yeah. they make his character to be... Because the one thing that they never had on that show, up until they brought him in, was a adult child like a functioning adult child like one of us like they never really had a character like that because when they go into his room like he has like comic book stuff and like figurines and Mm -hmm. he's a geek and he shows that on the show like he enjoys things that he enjoys and he's enthusiastic about it but nobody else is and so so there are things that happen in the show where it's like is this just his character to where he's just an oddball or are they actually setting this up for him to commit suicide and for wanting people to go back and watch these episodes to try to find signs? Because that's something that I just unintentionally do now, whenever he's on a show that I know that's before his suicide, obviously it's all of them, but like it's one of those things where I unintentionally watch like 
does he frown a little bit? Does he tell a joke and nobody really listens and he just kind of sighs? Like, I look for that type of stuff all the time. And it's like, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think, since I know how to watch House now, completely uh-huh. legally, like I found a legal way of watching it. <laughs> okay. um, I might, like, I didn't realize I had it, had easy access to it, so I might keep watching. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, I, like if, if I can't find anything else to watch, I might just go back and put House on in the background. That's so. a good call. I mean, this is one of those shows that it has moments that like I've only seen once, but have stuck with me the whole time. Like the one where Wilson's wife is dying, and she has this thing where she's basically awake, but she has like only five minutes to live or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. like she's sad, and oh man, like I in high school I was pretty like toxically masculine about a lot of stuff. That made me cry. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did some really good episodes that weren't, like, just the regular procedural stuff. Yeah. Like, that's one of them. The one where, um, Omar Epps' doctor got sick and, like, went blind and was in quarantine. Oh, yeah. That was, like, a two-parter. Um, yeah, I, I, I might just, I might just pick up the show from here and keep going. Where was the yeah, cop that got good. sick first from the pigeon crap that yeah. was in the water that was feeding the pot that he was growing yeah. in his apartment? But anyway, what I was going to say... I can recite it for you if you well, want. <laughs> well, so I'm pretty sure you're the one who went through um, on IMDb and put the the diagnosis on each one. Because I looked it up for Merry Little Christmas. It's there. Like I'm pretty sure like every episode has the diagnosis at the end of the IMDb <laughs> trivia. I was waiting for you guys oh, to I figure love this it. out. Um, <laughs> anything else we want to talk about with House? How was it was a Christmas episode? Successful? Unsuccessful? Was it like... Because I remember we had a couple Halloween episodes that were vaguely Halloween, but not really. I think this was... I think the setting of Christmas works for this one. Like, I yeah. I think I think the Secret Santa and, like, House's objection to Christmas is important to the episode. So, like, at the end, when you have him walking into the church, you're like, oh my god, he's having this profound moment. And then he's just there for the donkey show in yep. quotes. The donkey show, uh, yeah. Which I thought was a great reveal. I yeah. also feel, like, I don't know about you guys, but... So, I watched this on the NBC app on my Apple TV. And I feel like the song that was playing during the during the Christmas party wasn't the original song. Like, it was just like a... Really? It was like a, it was like a generic, it wasn't like any vocals. It was like generic Christmas music. What song, what song was playing for you guys? At what part of the show? At the Christmas party at the end when he's walking out of the hospital, everyone else is at the party. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Was it the little drummer boy? It might've been. I think it was. It it just felt weird. Like it almost, yeah, it felt too generic for like a, a show like this. Like the kids' bop version. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, like, like I'll they, have to watch it again. Like I don't know if it was just like a rights thing where they had something else in there and they had to replace it for the streaming, because that that oh, happens maybe. from time to time. So yeah. I, I'm curious what the what I'm. I've, I've, I've got to go back and watch it. Did you I've not watch? Did, did you watch it for this? Well, yeah, no, okay. I did, but I watched it on. <laughs> I watched, was it Hulu? No. See, I went to watch it on Hulu, but it wouldn't let me because I don't subscribe to the live. Oh, Amazon Prime. I watch it on Amazon Prime. Oh. That's I've got to go it. back. Yeah, I watch it on Prime too. Here's what I'll do. I'll watch it on Blu-ray. Uh-huh. Because that's not going to have any conflicts when it comes to right, any type of streaming. I mean, it streaming. might. It might. So I'll, I'll let you guys know. See, it didn't give me Prime yeah. as an option. Like, I wish I would have watched it on Prime because I had commercials. 
So oh, that's annoying. For me, for that episode, yeah. it's more of a Christmas episode than the 30 huh? Rock Halloween episode. Okay. Was, was Yay, I picked a better one this time. Was Halloween. Um, yeah. But, I mean, none of House's, like, Christmas episodes are, like, actual Chris. like... It's like, they're just... They're... It's storylines that are based around Christmas. It's not that it's, like, an yeah. actual, like, Christmas, like episode like it's oh this person's liver is failing and it just happens to be december 24th christmas like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like that's basically what it is and it um i the whole like secret santa thing was definitely set up really well and they showed how house manipulates that type of stuff which was nice to see Right. I mean, I feel like it had a lot of the hallmarks of a good house episode. Yeah, they mentioned it, lupus really quick and quickly denied it. Yeah. They like, you know, the they manipulated gag. the team. They had the old yeah. team on there, which I liked. Yeah. One like, of I feel like the, a lot of, it hit a lot of the major points. Yeah. One of the reasons why I got so deep into house when I was younger, like back when it first came on, it was one of the only doctor TV, like, shows that were on that my dad ever liked and he were oh. he was never he wasn't a doctor he wasn't a hospital administrator but he but at the time he ran x uh, uh, uh an x-ray department at a uh, at two different hospitals at two different oh. times so he so i mean like he worked with doctors and he worked with nurses and he worked with administrators from like a third party point of view and yeah. he hated almost every show about doctors because they tried Aww. to make them look like saints and in right. reality some of them are but they're all kind of really looking out for themselves like anybody would in any workplace and right. he liked the fact that there was a show that actually made a doctor look like the way the majority of doctors look i mean yeah. granted house is a very like condensed version of that but House is closer to how actual doctors are than like Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I'm sure. That's fair. Okay, so I think that's all we've got for House. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Time to take a trip to Smallville. Oh, Alan. Okay. You guys are going to be surprised for what I have to say. I'm just saying that right now. Okay. So my pick Good. for... Let me pull it up. My pick was from Season 5 of Smallville, Episode uh, 9, entitled Ooh. Lexmas, because get it? Yes. All right. So in this episode, <laughs> Lex Luthor gets shot and then has a dream sequence where he's with Lana Lang and living the, the, the perfect life. Meanwhile, Clark Kent is delivering presents like he's Santa Claus. Um, so, wh where do we want to start with Lexmas? Oh my god. Okay, so, well, I guess before we start, have you guys ever seen an episode of Smallville before? Never. I've ne this is my first episode of Smallville ever, ever. It's been on the background, my dad's watched it, but I never saw an episode. Okay. I have seen clips of episodes back, okay. back, uh, back when it was on TV, I'd like flip through TV. I'd be like, oh, mm -hmm. this is that Superman show, and I try to watch it, and it never worked out. Okay. I will say the first few seasons of Smallville are very high school melodrama. Uh huh. This is the first season <clears throat> where it's kind of it's out of high school, so he's in college. Um, 
and they start expanding into the Superman lore a little bit more. Sure. So, like, um, Zod's a threat, and Phantom Zone things are happening. Oh, weird. Bra- I think Brainiac's in this season, played by uh, J- cool. James Marsters, from, who was Spike on Buffy. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Smallville, in case anyone doesn't know, is pretty much the story of a young Clark Kent who is befriended by Lex Luthor when he saves his life. So mm-hmm. Lex Luthor becomes obsessed with super with Clark Kent and like what his secret is. And the, the only thing that's weird, like one of the things that's weird about this episode is they don't have a meteor freak of the week in this one. Like the big thing with Smallville was when Clark Kent landed, all this kryptonite landed with him. So huh? the kryptonite mutated people into like mutants so there's like different metahuman freaks of the week that they would have on there. Like one of them was Amy Adams at what? one point. Yeah, Amy Adams was on. Um, they and some of them are really weird, but they they just like use kryptonite as a this is this turns people into to monsters. Wow. Um, but this this episode doesn't have it, but it does have like the Lex Clark dynamic to a point. So. Uh huh. What did you guys think? So every part of me, like, you, so you pitched this episode as this is when Smallville gets weird, right? Yes. And you, like, gave us, like, the briefest of over, overviews of this. And I was like, man, this is going to be, like, a trip and a half. Like, I don't think I'm going to like this, but I'm going to get through it. I actually really liked it. Like, literally, in spite of everything it was trying to do to my cold, cynical heart, I really, like, oh my god, he runs into Santa trying to commit suicide and has to talk him off of a ledge. Like, <laughs> I like I also didn't hate it. Like, I should have. Every part of me says I need to, but I don't, and I kind of want to watch more Smallville now. Okay, Ryan, how about you? Uh, and don't, <laughs> don't, talk about, don't talk about the CW shows again, because we already know your thoughts on that. Or I thought least... this was filmed better than, it. Besides... like, it didn't have the, the CW filter effect. Besides the issues I have with how TV shows are shot, and this yeah. episode falls into that category as well, I will bypass all of that and just tell you how I feel about the majority of it. Uh-huh. This pissed me off. <laughs> what? Why? Not for the reason why you think. Okay. Not for the reason why you think. Both of you guys know how much I love one-off comic books. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, just... Like, how Superman lands in, like, Russia, and, like, different things, how they do, like, one-offs. Yeah. I would be binging this show from this episode if they would have taken Lex Luthor's character, and instead of... Are we going to get into spoilers here, now, if I, I mean, bring it up? I think everyone knows Lex Luthor and Superman. Like, I don't okay. Think... So, the at shows... the end of the episode, yeah. Lex continues on his normal path to become a villain. He's given the chance to, like, this could be your life in seven years, even though she dies in, like, childbirth. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be your life. You could be happy. This tragic thing happens, but you could be generally happy. I would be binging the rest of this if at the end of the episode they do a major life change to the character and decide, you know, this is our own thing. Let's make Lex not the villain now. Let's actually turn him, and him and Superman, or him and whoever, will, like, be a team now. Like, take the classic villain, like, 
Batman versus Joker and turn it on its head. And they had a and they and they and they had the opportunity to do that because I loved this episode. I loved the storyline, everything that had to do with Lex Luthor becoming like good and like all yeah. of that and like and him reacting to the family and just kind of like at first he wasn't sure about it then like you know and then getting his stride everything with superman and the whole suicidal santa man i could deal without like no i that no <laughs> i did not like how they that to me was the whole like oh we're on drugs let's write a story like that's yeah. what <laughs> that's how i took that whole thing but i really liked the Lex Luthor part, and I like that character as Lex Luthor, that okay. actor. Michael Rosenbaum, yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so, one thing I will say is, you know the whole show is set up that where Lex will be the villain one day. Oh, yeah. They yeah. do a really good job of this show of not, like, getting him to the edge of that point, but never really going over that edge. Like, there are things that he does that Take him there over time, but not until like the, his last two seasons, because he's he's not yeah. on the whole show. Yeah, he's only in the first seven seasons, and then he left and came back for the finale. Um, but the relationship, I think you might enjoy the relationship between him and Clark, because for the first few seasons, they're best friends. Oh wow! See that I would enjoy. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of getting through the uh, freak of the week high school dr- melodrama. <laughs> Stalking, yeah. stalking Lana Lang with a telescope. Like, <laughs> Ew, well, that's bad. That's yeah, bad. yeah. Well, like, he talks to to Santa about that a little bit. Uh, it is, it is kind of cringy, but it was like two thousand and one, and like they played Lifehouse during a lot of it, so it made it okay, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, um, I remember that band. So, <laughs> so yeah, I will say I, Michael Rosenbaum is probably one of my favorite Lex Luthers. Yeah. So I mean, so. so that's why it pissed me off is because I thought, oh my God, this would be a great thing to like do their own thing and like change things yeah. up and like, because I, because I really liked him as Lex prior to him getting shot and I've seen other clips of him as Lex Luthor like later in the seasons. And so like I would, so just the idea of having a storyline where Lex Luthor doesn't go bad, turns back, maybe not good, but maybe like in the middle you know, kind of like a mercenary type thing where, where, you know, he can do bad and good, but somebody yeah. that would like work with Superman. I really think that would be cool. And then they, and then they could strengthen up other villains and have Superman have more like complicated issues and more complicated villains. If Lex Luthor was actually on his side to me, that would make things a bit more interesting. And in yeah. this episode, it was like, I know they're not going to do it, but this is setting that up, and I love that idea, right. and they're okay. not going to, and I'm mad. <laughs> okay. Devin, what about you? Any thoughts? I mean, I love this version of Lex Luthor, and I'm completely with Ryan, where I think that that part of it was the most compelling part of it. A lot of it was a little bit tropey, like, married for seven years? We have a kid and another one on the way? Like, sure, why yeah, not? He didn't but, like, actually say that. Yeah, no, but I mean, Stop it was like the cynical you. Like, didn't actually say that. I will say no, that like, one's on me. What's great about his reaction to the whole thing is he's a great comic actor. Yeah, and it really lets him chop like uh, work those muscles a little bit when he doesn't yeah. really get to do that a lot on the show. Having listened to his podcast for the last two or three years, he's a really funny guy. Is he? Yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to Inside of You of Michael Rosenbaum, it's uh-huh. fantastic because um, he 
he opens every episode with, uh, or ends it with, uh, thank you for letting me be inside of you. Like, like it's just that his, his sense of humor, like really clicks with me. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like his Lex Luthor, but I also yeah. really like the uh, Clark Kent. So like, this is my Superman. I think the Clark Kent I'm going to need to be sold on a little bit more. I think this episode didn't give him enough to do as a Clark Kent and was more like, hey, guess what? You run fast. Go run fast and talk about this. All right, hold on. I do have to talk about this. Was this – is this establishing that there's a Santa Claus in this in this version of Earth and it's a real Santa Claus and he's an alcoholic? Or was this just a really assertive homeless guy? I – okay. Um – Going off of the freak of the week thing, yeah, maybe it's establishing that there was a homeless guy in Smallville who got a, a Santa Claus suit, and then became like got rid of all these presents as Santa using his superpowers. Okay, you know what? I'll buy it. I'm just gonna say that it's Santa because it's already Superman. I mean, there's already an alien around Earth that's doing these weird things. Yeah, Santa's not that far of a stretch. And besides, no. I, I I feel like like what Santa was upset about. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that was like I feel like <laughs> that's a lot of like said right there in a few sentences. <laughs> there had to have been a writer who is. I have the Christmas... answer. Okay, go ahead. Um, evidently, Santa does exist in the DC universe. What? According to John Constantine, the historical Santa Claus was actually... uh, So... Once Superman dreamed about helping Santa, including a visit to his famous toy factory at the North Pole, he woke up and the man still discovered a gift, a Kryptonian toy as no other person could have ever conceived. So, yeah, I guess Santa does exist in the DC comics. Lobo, uh, you know Lobo has done a thing about it. Like, There we go. Like, okay, wow. Su- Superman having a dream, I'll buy, but if, you, if you're if you referencing him in, in a Lobo comic, sure, he exists. <laughs> yep, he's, yeah, he's definitely there then. Yeah, it's, just, it's one of those things where the writers... I, f- I feel somebody in the writer's room was... We need to think up of a way of Santa being depressed. Well, let's take the political and all this other stuff that's going on right now, and let's just have him be mad about that. Okay, it was so generic. I mean, okay, yeah. I, I mean, this came. This episode aired in two thousand and five, so that was my freshman year of high school. Um, the world wasn't nearly as crazy as it is now, but yeah, we were sucked into two wars. Yeah. We had a president that, for some of his failings, I mean, really wasn't the best. But, but he could dodge a shoe. But he could dodge a shoe. He could dodge a shoe. Which I'm pretty sure happened around that time. Yeah. Um, so the one thing I did notice is there's a one, there's one shot of the Daily Planet when I think Chloe is t- working. There's a shot of the yeah. Daily Planet newspaper and it says, I had to rewind and, and look at it. It says... Neighbors to North upset over NAFTA. I was like, whoa! Whoa, <laughs> so oh boy. time NAFTA yeah. came into play. Uh, wow. And this show was shot in Canada, so I'm wondering if that was just them kind of speaking out against it. 
That's funny and probably. Wow. Um, we're upset about it. I remember that them being upset about it. So one yeah. one thing before we wrap this up that I want to touch on quick, because I haven't watched a lot of Smallville in a while. Uh-huh. But there's a big story that's happened with Smallville, not involving the show itself, but one of the actors. I might do, know where this is going. Do you guys know about the sex cult thing? Isn't that like the lady that plays Lana? Like, wasn't she in a it sex wasn't, cult? It like... wasn't Lana. It was Chloe, the blonde who worked for the Daily Planet. Oh, no. What did she do? Uh, she was like a ringmaster for this sex cult who would recruit um, wannabe actresses and offer them mentoring, but it was no. really just like a sex cult and like there was some trafficking and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, does this, does that ruin the show for you at all? It ruins that character a little bit. There's also some like yeah. ironic moments that I've seen like on some meme pages on Reddit. Oh no. Um, like? but I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> Just like, um, but it's weird because they, I talked about Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. He just had the actress who played Supergirl in season seven on. And oh, yeah. I guess she would, they tried to recruit her for this whole thing. The next, um, sex cult. Does and she talk she, about it? She talks about it a little bit. She's like, yeah, they tried to recruit me, but I did. I didn't have the money and it wasn't really something I was really interested in. Because she never yeah. really talked to me when I was on the show. It's just one of those things where years later she reached out to me about this. Wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, oh, that's so problematic. It is. And, um, yeah. So it's weird. Yeah. Ew. Gross. Yeah, it can be. I, stuff like that I'm kind of on the fence about because... Like, I'll admit it, that there are some movies that have some actors in it that will never make another movie again, but because... Like O.J. Simpson? What? Like O.J. Simpson? Not really O.J. Simpson. More about somebody (laughs) that we talked about a little bit recently, and we were like, no. Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's two movies that he's in that I still can't help to, like, like, and his performance set in, but at the same time, like, those were the only like two or three movies that I liked prior to all that coming out either. Like I wasn't a big Kevin Spacey fan to begin with. The, the problem with Kevin Spacey is he, he doubled down on it. He's like, okay, here's my response to the last season of house of cards. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's like, no dude, you, you don't get the, and like, like Bill Cosby. Let's talk about Bill Cosby for a second. Yeah. Because oh, like, geez, I get, oh. I guess Eddie Murphy made a joke over on SNL over the weekend about, Who's America's dad now? And Bill Cosby's people had to make a comment. Like, why does and, Bill Cosby still have people? Like, he's right. in jail. Because, like, Bill That's Cosby like, had one of my favorite stand-ups ever. The one where he's just sitting in a chair talking about family life. Yeah. I, I used to watch that religiously. I don't anymore because I can't. The, the problem is, like, why do why are we still giving the press to Bill Cosby? Like, just let it die. Like, don't. Right. Like, they can release the same. Don't publish it. Like, he's convicted. He doesn't get the, the PR anymore. Like, this is not how this works. Right. They don't need to hear from him. Yeah. Anyway. Bless you. Smallville. It didn't go it. over the mic. I said bless you because Devin sneezed. But then I realized <laughs> no sound was coming over the mic. I tried. I muted. I muted like a... That's like good. 
Normal That's person. Good. That's good. <laughs> but no, Make I really like cool. this episode, episode of Smallville, and if Lex is this compelling, I'll watch more. Yeah, I would definitely recommend yeah. going back and watching from the beginning. Um, there are, it is a little slow to be, there, there are three phases of Smallville. There's the high school years, which, which we skipped. This falls into the college years, which is like two or three seasons. And then it gets right into like more Superman lore stuff. Yeah. So you get Zod and the city of Candor, Supergirl comes in, I'd Doomsday, like there's a whole season with Zod, um, they do the Justice Society of America at one point. They bring oh, in, they, they bring in the yeah. Justice League. Oliver Queen's a character. Like it gets really comic booky in season six and seven. Like Oliver Queen, like the same one from the Arrowverse, or different one? Different Just one. Like, uh, it, it's it's uh, Justin Hartley from This Is Us. Oh, okay. So cool. yeah, so they do the Justice League. Um, yeah, I. Season five is where the show gets really good. So. Oh, and one thing I want to say before we, we leave on that, I, I now understand why Lex is so screwed up as he is. Oh yeah, well, Lionel. His dad. His dad is a fascinating character. His dad yeah. is so weirdly like a scruffy guy. You've seen him before in things. Have I? He is the Riddler in the Batman animated series. Interesting. He was also the scientist in Batman and Robin who's responsible for Poison Ivy and Bane. Oh, yeah. Oh, that guy. That's why he looked familiar. Yeah. He shows up in, like, DC everything. Yeah. Um, So what I recommend you guys do is watch Smallville and then go to Michael Rosenbaum's podcast because he's had pretty much everyone from the show on there except for Alex and Mac, the sex sex cult thing. Yeah. Yeah, that'll Um, do it. I think the only person he hasn't really had on yet is um, Erica Durant, who played Lois. Okay. One of, okay. I will say my favorite moment of this whole episode is there's a a lot of the show is Lex trying to impress Jonathan Kent. Like Clark is all for Lex. Like they they are they are such good friends to the point where my wife wants them to just get it over with and have sex when we watch Smallville. Um, but Jonathan Kent hates Lex the whole series. Like he never trusts the Luther doesn't like Lionel doesn't like Lex just doesn't give him the light of day. Yeah. In the, in the whole, everything in the whole, uh, dream sequence, that moment where he has Jonathan, where he's just like, you're the best man I've ever met. Like, just like it, like just seeing his reaction to that. Cause that's all he's ever really wanted. Because he looks at him as more of a father figure than his own dad for for reasons. Um, yeah. I I just thought that was a really strong moment. So, I just wanted to bring that up quick. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, there were, there were a lot of there were a lot of good compelling moments on the Lex side of this this episode. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so how does this fit as a Christmas episode? I mean, it has Santa. It's more of a Christmas episode than the house episode. Okay, I agree. I agree completely. Because the house episode didn't have Santa. Well, Yours had two Santas. Mine had one. Yeah. Mine had none. Yeah. And and one of my Santas was Bender. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it way better. <laughs> I think I think Futurama was the best Christmas episode. Most Christmassy Christmas episode we watched. So what is the next special special that we do? Well, we can't Valentine's do these, Day. Well, uh, Valentine's Day? 
How many episodes? Ooh, Futurama has one. Oh, well, I'm not <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> you can't repeat back to back. What? No, same that, show? That's a rule. You can't do the same show back to back. The point of these, the point of these is, well, there's other holidays. Um, the point of these is to get us to watch shows that the other ones haven't watched. Because you can't yeah. really like if we did a TV series, this it wouldn't work for this format of the show. Because we need like a week to watch a whole series. Okay, here's the problem that I have with this whole thing. And I told uh-huh. you this kind of this morning. Yeah. I, I told Devin, I told Alan this kind of this morning. I think the reason why I have an issue with like the way TV shows are shot and like the whole filter thing is because I went from watching Saturday morning cartoons like X-Men, Dragon Ball Z, stuff like that. And I jumped directly into Discovery Channel, History Channel and TLC. Like I went from watching cartoons to documentaries and yeah. I think, and I never had that time where I watched like TV shows around that time, except for like maybe House or a few other. Ones. This is like the uh, demonstrations yeah. at a Sam's Club. You just get a taste, and if you want more, you can go back for it. If you don't don't want it, you just keep walking but, down the aisle. But, <laughs> but I mean, like at the same time, I don't know what to give you guys to watch because, like I said, that's like I can give you Ask something from the History Channel to watch. Give you something from the. I'll watch a History Channel Valentine's Day episode. (laughs) The the history of uh, candy hearts. There we go. (laughs) You know what? I think that would be so compelling. Show us how it's made. Show us an episode of how it's made. It's it's bone marrow and sawdust. I mean, that's what it's made out of. bone marrow? And sawdust. Ew. It's a Futurama joke. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was latching onto that as truth. All right, so that that notification sound was Devin sending an article of Valentine's episodes. Okay, so we'll do a Valentine's special special. Yes, I thought um, we were gonna do movies for that month. Like, I mean, we we did movies for the holidays this month too. Oh, that's true. We can fit them all in. I just need to find a, a Valentine's episode. Ooh, I got it. I got one. I got one already. Good. I don't know how we're gonna find it, but. Oh, we'll find it. The Star Wars Valentine's Day special. Oh, I hope that's not a thing. Please don't let that be a thing. (laughs) Hosted by Luke and Leia. (laughs) No. Hosted by Lando Calvazine and Colt 45. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we're going to wrap up the holiday special special because we've got another podcast to record for you guys tonight that will be dropping later this week. So... Stay tuned for our review of Rise of Skywalker, which we have managed to go 53 minutes without talking about for <laughs> somehow. So for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Merry Christmas. We'll see you later this week. <laughs>